What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the It Just Works podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and today we have a special episode. My friend Joe is back after not recording for probably a year. It's my fault, not his. He offered to be on, but uh, I'm super excited to have him back. Uh, Joe, how are you doing, man? I'm great, brother. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. I already cleaned my bathroom, you know, being productive today, excited to record this yeah. podcast. Um, obviously, you being back on the show has been a long time coming. We had some plans and... I just, you know, wasn't able to follow through, but here we are. So I'm excited yeah. to talk about life and Oppenheimer and a bunch of other fun stuff today. But uh, naturally, you know, how's everything been for you? A lot of catching up to you for people who haven't heard from you. Uh, before I get into that, I'm curious. Is this is this going to be a video podcast? Oh, no. Okay. I wasn't sure because I wasn't sure if my video was going to be on. I was going to be like, be like, what's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I didn't know if the video was going to be on. Okay. Uh, they can be, but I think right now I'm just sticking to audio. Uh, more Got people it. are listening to the audio ones and video or watching yeah. video. So right now I'm just kind of sticking to this. Um, I'm definitely leaving this in, but, uh, yeah, it's all audio. You're good. All right. It's all good. I'm wearing clothes anyways. Fuck it. Uh, He's naked boys. All right. Everything's <laughs> good, man. Just freaking busy. Uh, you already know how it's been with work. That's just one thing right there. Um, School started, kids are back in school, so kind of back to that schedule of getting in the habit of picking them up after school. Um, girlfriend, me and the girlfriend been going strong for, I think it's been about over a year now. So just trying to, you know, balancing time with with that whole aspect. Uh, DJing, still, you already know, you've, you've showed up a couple times already, so yep. keeping consistent with that. I think every, I mean, every weekend, I'm, if I'm not DJing, it's either doing something with the girlfriend or, or kids, really, so. Uh, finding time for myself is pretty fucking hard, but it's all good, man. <laughs> Shit's got to get done. Yeah. You know, that's something that I was talking to my brother about. I was like, you kind of remind me of their lives where it's just like all you guys are just like juggling so much and trying to find time for yourselves probably almost feels impossible at times. Um, but you know, obviously you guys do what you can. There's, I mean, there's days where it's like, I don't have a gig and I don't have the kids and it's like, do I want to just chill? Or do I want to do something that I probably wouldn't get to do because I never get to do it because I'm always busy with something. So yeah. today's one of those days where I don't have, I don't have the kids. I have no gig. So I'm actually going to take advantage and I'm going to go do something later on. So nice. Nice. I do wonder though. Um, so like, let's say you got free time and you're kind of just hanging out at the house and you don't really have any plans. And some people call it lazy. You know, my family like to call it lazy, but we're just relaxing. Do you yeah. ever feel guilty for just relaxing? Because like you're like you're on the go so much, you feel like you should be doing something. So you feel like Fuck you can't no. really enjoy just like lounging. Fuck <laughs> no, man. Sometimes, honestly, that's like the the best feeling is having a moment to just chill. Even though, even though 
if I am just sitting here not doing anything, I know there's something I could be doing. Like, like for example, my music. I got a new laptop, so I have to transfer all my music to this new laptop. And that's a process. Oh, yeah. It takes a long time. And I thought about it even like yesterday, and I was like, do I want to do it? Nah, I'm fine. I'm just going to lay down and watch home improvement. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. <laughs> uh, when it comes to the music on your laptop, you didn't have it on like a SSD or an external hard drive that you could just slip I, it, I do. it or switch it? I, Jeez, I can't talk. No, you're, yeah, I do have it on external. The problem is with the program that I use, that I use it for to DJ, uh-huh. I basically have like digital crates. So I have all my music separated by genre, hip hop, old school, rock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So in order for me to transfer it from my external to my new laptop, it's not as, it's not as simple as like dragging and dropping. It doesn't work that way. I have to set up, I have to set up the laptop so I can transfer those files so they show up in the same genres. Otherwise, it's just going to be one massive file. Of twenty thousand songs, yeah. So that's a lot. Process, yeah. Nah, it for sure is. Uh, you know, I plan on getting a new computer here soon too, and I I have everything on an external SSD, and I'm like, God, I just hope that transfer goes well. (laughs) Hit my brother, get that laptop. You already know. Yeah, what's up? You think I got mine? Fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) He's gonna put that money on. Um, That's right. Um. Yeah, you know, you've been pretty busy with a lot of gigs, doing like corporate gigs, obviously doing the gigs at the, you know, the bar. Um, yeah. There's no doubt there's a lot of hustling there. So is there any um, just totally like off the cuff? Is there any gig that you either pass up in the past or like you wish you could do moving forward? Like any type of kind of residency, kind of like you do at the bar, <clears throat> any kind of uh, uh, event that you'd like to be a part of? No, no. You know what? Honestly, dude, I just really want to try to find something more central to my location because obviously, you know, where, where chapter is for me, it's like a good, you know, depending on traffic, a good 30 to 40 minute drive. But I haven't, honestly, I can't find something because I haven't put myself out there to go look for it. I've been so busy with the weekends having to drive down to Orange County to, to DJ over there. I can't yeah. say there's anything that I've like really passed up on. I, I genuinely don't pass up on nothing unless I'm either booked. That's really the only reason why I would pass up on something or, or if it's a gig that it's just not, it's just not for me. Like if a, if it's a gig that where they want mostly Spanish music, I'm not going to do it. It's not my thing. And I'm, and that's going to take away business from them. It's going to, their party's not going to be fulfilled. You know, they're going to keep asking me, Hey, do you got this song? Hey, do you got this song? And I'm going to turn them down. Like, I don't got that Spanish shit. Fuck that shit. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, you like to have a good variety. You don't want to be like prone to just one genre. <clears throat> Even when we were at, uh, you know, me and Derek read chapter on brunch, like you were completely mixing it like all over the place, like, like straight up nineties, hip hop rap to rock, yeah. you know, Rapping on corn. You had, yeah, you put, you had corn on. I, yeah. You had a uh, think Chevelle, I think Deftones, Lincoln park. Like, yeah, just like a, and it's good to have that variety though, because everyone knows that music. So like, you know, yeah. especially like at a brunch or like that, you know, that kind of, early afternoon vibe like yeah it's cool to have like a solid variety not just be like yeah i only do this kind of music um yeah but the reason why that question came up too is because i've been seeing a lot of the la la palooza shit and obviously if you're more dedicated to the game that's probably what you would strive for to begin with but obviously you have a career career currently um but i saw videos of like Shaq, you know dj diesel (laughs) and then uh i forgot paris hilton djs too and i was just like damn i forgot yeah, I forgot like people do that shit like, uh, you know, them as well. And uh, just the crowds are going wild, man. And, uh, you know, I've seen like Tomorrowland and just some of the other events where like the DJs can really make a crowd go pretty insane. So it's like 
I was wondering if you ever wanted to do something like huge like that down the road, if it ever, you know, came about or if that's even I had, like an interest of yours. I had, I had one moment when I was, when I was still working at the radio station at the time where we would go to the con, we would go to the big concert events and it was at the Honda center. Um, it was called powerhouse. It was basically just one mass festival at the Honda center and they had an outside stage and it was like the pre concert before the concert. They had like a bunch of up and coming artists do like their one hit wonder songs out in the stage. So I had, I did have one opportunity to actually DJ that play music in between the artist songs. And um, that was probably like one of my coolest experiences because even though it was an outside stage before the concert, it was still packed with people that were coming in to go to the show. They were like already <clears> hanging out because they were giving out free shirts, all kinds of, you know, stickers and just all that giveaways type that, you know, all the radio stations do. So I got to actually play music for a mass crowd. And it's obviously like, it's not where I'm just playing whatever I want. I wanted to, the, the goal was to keep the crowd there so they can yeah. keep listening to new artists, keep giving these giveaways and kind of spread the word of the radio station. So that was pretty cool to like play for a giant crowd like that. That was probably one of like the, the most, most fun I've probably had DJing. You know, I could, I could probably see how that'd be really fun too, because I think you do a really good job of like reading the room. Cause I still recall like, um, <clears throat> you know, the brunch, like there, you know, obviously it wasn't, uh, packed at that time, but you still were able to like read the room and change the music on the dime. And I, I think you do a really good job of transitioning. Like you literally transition from like rock back to old school hip hop and rap. Like I, that transition, you can hear it coming. And like, I thought it was really cool. So I could, uh, I can imagine those people were having a good time. And honestly, it, it is, you know, you got so many people walking in and just enjoying the pre-show. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty sweet, man. Um, yeah. I've seen a lot of those pre-shows. You, it sounds like a good place to start. Um, yeah. well, so yeah, that's pretty much that. Uh, I'd say the only other thing we had going on as far as work is, uh, you know, we went to Napa. That was dope. Uh, wow. really good time. Um, and now we're going to be going to Catalina. How excited are you yeah. for that? I know you went to the yeah. last uh, trip last year. I mean, uh, how are you looking forward to that? I'm looking forward to that a lot, bro. It, it's going to be a lot of fun. You'll you'll see. We're we're going to have a lot of downtime to where we can we can roam roam the little city right there, get some food, get some drinks. Um, I'm looking forward to the zip lining. That that was I did that last year for the first time, and that was just a cool experience, man. To like do something, you know. I know it's not jumping out of a plane or nothing, but uh, it's definitely yeah. an adrenaline feeling. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be cool. Um, Another cool thing is uh, the group that I'm going with is going to be my team and also Quinn. So, uh, you know, obviously Quinn's our our new division sales manager. So it's going to be kind of nice to get a little face to face time with somebody as big as he is, because that's yeah. for me personally, I'm trying to get to the next thing. And he's the person that's going to probably make it happen. So I'm, I'm glad to get that kind of face time in. It's, it's, it's good that we go to these because it's fun for us, but it's also a good networking tool, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really badass time. Um, I can't wait to like tour, uh, some of the vistas. That's what I'll yeah. be doing. Um, so I'm like really, really looking forward to it. It's my first time going. Uh, honestly, like I'm excited for the one hour, like little ferry, you know, uh, to get into like, yeah, kind of, oh, honestly, um, if I'm correct, it's my first time in open water like that. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, and then hopefully we win that football game incentive. So. Oh, bro, that's, that's another one too. That, you know, what I was gonna tell you too is like the cool thing is is now that me and you are on the same level as far as our career path, it's cool that we get to experience these things because before 
it was a little difficult when, you know, you were, we were working on the same team together. It's harder. We're, we're basically, you know, competing even as I'm, even as me as being the manager and you, the sales rep, I'm still competing to like try to get there. So sometimes it would be you or sometimes it'd be me. But now that we're, we're both district managers, it makes it fun because we can both do these things together. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's like really cool. Um, and that's why I always, you know, cause we were talking about it on, uh, Friday or yesterday morning. No, it's yesterday morning. Um, like the scorecard and stuff and like keeping track of that. Yeah. And like we're like always right there. Um, <laughs> a question I have for you though, cause I wonder, I wanted to get your perspective on it. And I do wonder if it's like elevated, um, the way you've approached your job in terms of helping others. So like, obviously we've known each other. We've been friends now for like four years, pretty crazy. And I've literally like hit you up for advice or questions regarding our work since merchandiser sales rep and now DM, like, has that helped you at all when it came to like teaching others or like just kind of, um, maybe not delegating, but just like helping others that aren't me in the company. Cause, uh, that's a lot of phone calls and questions in that four years. I think, I think you're the sole reason why I'm also in the position that I'm in right now because of the fact that you started with me from the beginning. So I got to, I got to personally have a hand in your development from literally merchandiser, sales rep, district manager. Like you've been the one person that I probably dealt with the most pain in the ass, but dealt with the most in order to get where you're at. That's been a consistent, like literally, like literally a development system. Someone that, that I've, I've trained from the get go. So I think you're a sole reason why I'm at where I'm at because of that, that time developing you and training you to getting to where you're at led to me helping other people. Oh, uh, this, this sales rep over here had the same issue that you had when you were a sales rep. So I, I remember that I'm able to go through that with somebody else like I did with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, no, I think, I think it definitely goes hand in hand. The relationship that me and you have at work, building, building your, building your skill, building your craft to where you're at now is a huge testament to why I'm be, I'm successful also. Yeah. I was definitely curious. Um, cause I, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. Uh, cause I do find it funny if I call or text you, um, and, and it's in regards to that and just thinking about all of that, like you said, development in the last four years, it's pretty insane to think about. Um, but yeah, just a random little work question I had for you. Um, yeah. but yeah, uh, I'm glad life's going well. I'm glad we can catch up on that. Um, I'm super happy to hear that and I can't wait for this week. Um, uh, but has there been any other besides Oppenheimer, which we're going to really delve into here in a bit, uh, has there been any other movies or TV that you've watched lately that you want to call out? Maybe something over the summer that's been like kind of special to you and actually kind of stood out or has there been something that sucked ass and you're like, damn, that sucked. Um, I would say as far as for new shows go, I, I pretty, I keep up with a lot of the, uh, the Disney plus stuff, the, the star Wars shows that have been coming out, the Marvel shows. Um, I think the biggest disappointment for me was the whole she Hulk show. Oh, yeah. I know, I know, I know you, you touched on that on, on your podcast before. I didn't even finish it. And I try, I really try to, to stick with these shows to watch them so I can keep up with like what's going on. And it's just, there's too many agendas and I'm like, oh, I'm over it. I'm not even into it anymore. Um, that was a big disappointment. I feel like all the star Wars ones have been pretty decent. Uh, I, I told you the other day, I just started rewatching Obi-Wan. I don't know. I just, I really like that one. So I rewatched it. Um, 
Andor, I felt like that was really good. I, I just, I really like the Star Wars shows and I'm really looking forward to Ahsoka. I know we talked about that for a little bit, but that's one I'm, I'm really looking forward to because I was a, I'm a big fan of Rebels, um, and the Clone Wars. So that's something I'm definitely looking forward to. Those trailers look pretty damn good. Yeah, it is really exciting to see like Ahsoka, you know, quite literally connect all of those shows together. And now Ahsoka is going to connect to Mandalorian and really kind of come to this final point. Yeah. Which I'm still iffy about. Um, because we know where it leads, but honestly, I guess if they do it right along the way, then we can't have any real complaints. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so has there been any? Uh, doesn't have to necessarily be new, but has there any like movies that you've either rewatched or uh, watched recently that kind of stood out to you besides the one we're going to get into? Um, just any kind of um, random media, or I mean, the last movie, obviously, the last movie I watched was Oppenheimer, but before that, I watched the last uh, Indiana Jones. And <laughs> I mean, just for the nostalgia of it, I had to watch it. I love Indiana Jones. I love Steven Spielberg and, 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 the, and all the movies that he's done before. Uh, but you know, it's one of those where I just watched it just to watch it, but they didn't have to make it. They could have stopped. They could have stopped at the last crusade. They didn't even have to make kingdom of the crystal skull. So, yeah, no, I, uh, I love Indiana Jones. Obviously the ride's really cool at Disneyland. Um, you know, Harrison Ford and Steven Spielberg and George Lucas, all those guys, just killed it with the original three. And honestly, crystal skull is not that terrible in my opinion. Um, not. I like Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf killed that role. And I really wish they could have used him again. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just kill his character off screen in Vietnam or something like that. Or yeah. 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 So definitely kind of weird. Um, but yeah, just want to catch up with you on that media. And then um, obviously there's a new video game coming out. Uh, we played mortal Kombat 11. Um, mm-hmm. Just, uh, this one's looking really fucking good, but uh, you know some of the Mortal Kombat One trailers. Are you excited to check this game out? Are I know with your busy schedule, you don't really have time to just sit there and play them. But is this something you might actually pick up on day one, or what, what do you think? No, of? I, I don't know. I don't know about day one, but it's probably something I am going to pick up. Uh, the other day we we're sitting here. Are you good? Yeah, yeah, you're good. Oh, okay. Uh, the other day we we're we we're sitting here, and I was um, just hanging out with the kids, and I felt like playing like playing Mortal Kombat. So. I was actually playing with Sophia and for obviously people who don't know, uh, Sophia is my, my five-year-old daughter. <laughs> so we started playing <laughs> Mortal Kombat 11 and dude, she was going to town on me. You know how it is when you're at a young age and you're a kid, all you do is push buttons. You don't, yeah. there's no strategy behind it. You're literally just pushing anything and she's doing all these moves and I'm getting my ass kicked by Scorpion. And I'm like, dude, I can't even do that shit. Like I can't even do the, the fucking moves where he's cracking your freaking chin. So just playing playing that with her and really getting into it, I'm really looking forward to them going back to MK1 uh, because obviously for me, you know, I, I started, I grew up with the original. So to have that type of the how they're building it now, the way the gameplay looks now, I mean, that's, it looks freaking awesome. I wish the technology back then was, was like this so we can have all those original classic characters because the, it just looks insane. Yeah, no, it definitely looks insane. And uh, that's actually kind of the cool thing about Mortal Kombat, I think, as opposed to other fighters is like you kind of can just mash the buttons when you're a new player and you can still get some combos in there and really uh, get a feel for the fun you can have in it. And uh, I think that's like what's so exciting about like this new one coming out, because I I thought it was maybe like a little too soon. But honestly, with like all the gameplay and the character reveals, I'm like, holy shit, like reptiles coming back. Um, Yeah. 
yeah, I just think it looks so good. And then, you know, obviously they're working on the second film as well. So it's like a really good time to be a Mortal Kombat fan. And, uh, you know, I know that you like the film as well. That's like something that we talked about. Um, you know, that was a lot of fun. So it's like really cool to see what they do here. Um, but I agree with you, like the, the games that we played growing up as opposed to like what they are now. <laughs> it's kind of, uh, uh, quite the difference in technology now. Um, really make you feel like you're there with these new games. Um, but just for reference too, if you ever played a game with the kids and maybe they get a little too scared with some things you can do, you can actually turn that all off. So if you ever need me to help you with that, let me know. Um, oh, they're, they're not scared, bro. Like Sophia's like, like laughing at it. That's a lot. Of, like it's lots of blood. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> no, she, bro, we, we were having a ball. We were definitely having a ball. So I'm not, they're not afraid of the gore. I mean, I, I watch Game of Thrones. I probably shouldn't have them watch that with me, but there's some scenes where they're sitting there like looking out of the corner of their eye, like they're cutting people's heads off. I'm like, eh, it's Game of Thrones. What are you going to do? <laughs> they it's know it's not real. Piece. Watch it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that's funny as shit. That was like, I think that was like one of my favorite things about uh, not only having my two older brothers, but my dad and my grandpa, all of them just let me experience stuff like a decade ahead of when I should have. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, like I'll never forget watching like Animal House for the first time. I think I was like six or seven. <laughs> like I didn't understand like half the shit or like um, I think of uh, Scary Movie 2 a lot where uh, the guy like basically shoots his load <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, as a kid, I honestly, like that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that joke until I was like in high school or something. Like I just it went right over my head as a kid, and uh, I went back and rewatched it and was laughing my ass off. So or like uh, the yeah. giant weed monster, I I just didn't think about that kind of stuff. It doesn't it doesn't click until you watch things later on for sure. Yeah, it's amazing. So I mean, at least they'll have those uh, memories forever. Like yeah, you know, my dad had me play Mortal Kombat when I was five, and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm probably I'm probably gonna go to hell at some point, but hey, man, I had fun while I lived. You know, you know what doesn't look good though, and I'm a huge fan of is that Twisted Metal show or whatever movie that's coming out. I'm uh, a huge fan of Twisted Metal, dude. I used to love playing Twisted Metal. I would buy every single edition that came out. And when I yeah. saw when I heard they were making a show or whatever, I was like, I got, I actually got excited because I love that game. Then I saw yeah. the trailer for it, and I was like, what the fuck is this? What if I told you that like everyone loves it, that it actually is extremely faithful to like the source material and uh it got really good reviews if that's the case i mean i'm 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 gonna give it a shot regardless because regardless what people say of movies like if it's something i'm genuinely looking forward to and i hear reviews especially when i hear sometimes your reviews and you're like dude it's dog shit i'll still watch it because i have to see for myself you know yeah um, I, so yeah. i'm probably still gonna check it out but just from what i've seen i'm like uh what the fuck man i, 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 I thought know. the trailers were whatever as well and then it came out and I started looking at all the comments on TikTok because like clips were starting mm-hmm. to pop up and everyone's like, dude, it is like really, really good. Like they can't wait for season two. So I would say check it out. Um, but from the clips that I've seen, like I've watched a lot of what's happened. I think yeah. Anthony Mackie does a really, really good job. And the guy who oh, plays. Me, um, he's good. What's the fucking clown's name? Uh, Sweet Tooth. Yeah. That, so Will Arnett voices him. And okay. then obviously they have an actor playing him yeah incredible job just okay. yeah i i would say watch it i think you'll like it i remember playing twisted metal on the playstation one or two or i think both maybe yeah um, when it first came out yeah those games are a lot of fun back in the day man uh crazy when, games for sure when i when i got my ps2 that that was the first playstation i had i never had a ps1 like the ps2 was the first thing i got and when it got it i don't know if you remember back in the day but it used to come with a demo disc and it had yeah. like 
five to ten games that you can demo. And uh, it was Twisted Metal, I think, two at the time that that had a demo. And I played that. And I, bro, I, w- I didn't even play the games I had bought for PS2. I was still playing this demo version of Twisted Metal consistently it was like a it was like the level in paris i just love destroying the freaking eiffel tower like man fuck these fucking french guys i i just played that over and over and over until i finally yeah. like, i need to buy this game i need really need to buy this game then i just bought every single one after that just destroying people it was like the best time ever it's so fucking funny you bring up like the demo disc because what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Because they used to do the thing with the official Xbox magazine, every issue would come with a disc. And uh, I, I'll never forget, I got the issue with the demo disc that had the Star Wars Battlefront 2 gameplay. And so, yeah. I don't know if you remember, you should remember from the movie, but the Coruscant Space Battle, yeah. um, that was one of the levels you got to play. And I replayed the fuck out of it so much that my mom's like, let me just buy you the game. <laughs> and then yeah, sure enough, yeah. that's what happened. I think, I think I literally still have it till this day. Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's yeah. right above me. Um yeah, so those demo discs were cool because uh, for Xbox they had the Halo, they had Halo on a demo disc. If it didn't come with your console, um, Star Wars, they had the fighting games on there: Street Fighter, uh, Dead or yeah. Alive, um, Tekken, and then I think Soul Calibur was on one of them. So yeah, I I miss those days quite a bit. I miss the yeah, I miss the days of demos in general because they still yeah. had them like later on the late two thousand tens, and they just kind of gave up. They just don't do them anymore. That's that's where I got my first feel of uh, Resident Evil. Hmm. I didn't even know about Resident Evil, and then I had a demo of Resident Evil. I'm like, dude, this game's fucking creepy as fuck. And then I got stuck on that. I literally bought every Resident Evil that came out. It's a great franchise, man. It's a great franchise. Yeah. yeah. So good. Um, all right. Well, yeah. So I wanted to catch up with you on that, so I appreciate that. And then uh, we'll have to watch Twisted Metal. I'll probably watch it, too, so we can shoot the shit about it. Um, yeah. Because, like I said, I heard it was good. Uh, so, yeah. We're here to talk about Oppenheimer. I watched it a few weeks ago. You watched it uh, previously this weekend. Um, So as far as like Christopher Nolan goes, like, do you like most of his films or is there just like a few? I do. No, I I like his films. The only one that I I just couldn't get into is um, the last one he did. Tenet. Yes. And I think I I talked to you about that. I couldn't get into that one. I could not get into that one. I wonder what I saw that no one else did. There's a, a tenant's literally like his, um, I think least favorite or least liked film and, and mm-hmm. lowest box office film that he made. And I don't understand why I liked it so much. Cause I fucking loved it. Like I had a mm-hmm. great time. I enjoyed it, but I also think Robert Pattinson and, uh, John David Washington did an incredible job. Yeah. But anyways, I get it. The ending was kind of whack. Um, but yeah, so now we're here with Oppenheimer. So what were your thoughts of Oppenheimer when it was announced? Because I know I, I'm pretty sure I sent you the trailer. Um, did you yeah. have any like preconceived um, notions about, about it for yourself? Or did you just kind of go in blind and besides like the one trailer? I, I had I had no clue. You sent me the trailer. And when I watched it, I thought to myself, what the fuck is the big deal with this shit? 
I, I, I didn't, I didn't think nothing of it because yeah. I didn't even realize what the fuck it was. I didn't realize okay. like, oh, this is a movie about how the atomic bomb came to be. I didn't yeah. realize that. I didn't, I never heard of Oppenheimer before. I mean, I'm not a fucking history major and shit. I, I do remember, I, I recall learning about, you know, World War II and all these things and how these things happened back in the day, but I had no fucking clue what this even was. I saw the trailer and I thought like, what, what's so special about this? Then he started telling me more about it, how he basically, they literally made a bomb to, to film like an actual explosion. It wasn't just some CGI bullshit. Um, so after the fact, then I saw another trailer. Then I started actually looking into the history of it. I was like, oh, this is basically a true story. Like, this is something that really happened. That's something that always fascinates me, too, is when there's movies that are based off actual events. Because it's just so many, there's so many different things that happen in time that, you know, we don't really realize. You could read something and it, and people look at books and they read and they, and they see all these things. And it doesn't, it doesn't really click until you watch something visually. I'm a visual learner. So me reading it sounds interesting but when i see it damn that shit looks interesting you know what i mean yeah no so, i i totally agree it, it um i was excited because i knew what it what it was when i saw the trailer um but i was also christopher nolan like a, he's a practical guy he's got the same guy who he does most of his practical effects with um just like the the tractor trailer that completely flips over in dark night you know and uh yeah. you know uh batman's on his bike so I knew that we were in a treat for something and then sure enough, they delivered. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of get into that. So like, what was your favorite scene for the film that you that you kind of take away? My favorite scene, and I knew it was honestly right away because it was the one scene that you got a you got a real sense that he was he was a real he, he, he had feelings because the whole time during the movie, um, Cillian Murphy's character, he you know, I guess when you're a scientist, you 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 rely a lot on logic and theory and all these things, you know, there's not really room for anything else, but the scene where after he achieved it, after obviously they used the atomic bomb, he's, he's kind of doing that little, like not a press conference, but kind of a speech when he has that yeah. whole crowd in front of him. And, and the whole time while he's, while he's, you know, trying to give this speech and say a few words, he starts to really like see these, these images in his head of like people screaming and and kind of like the chaos and things that you know that he that he caused that he genuinely created this and it and it murdered it killed people it killed thousands of people and it's kind of the first moment where you realize this dude's like an actual human being he ha he has feelings in that moment it, he feels like a normal person and i think for me that was my favorite moment because it kind of showed his like his realism like he's yes he's a scientist Yes, he's a, uh, a physicist and, and all these things. He's hella smart. And they created this this mass bomb. But he's also a normal human being, you know, flesh and blood. He has feelings. And the, that he actually showed his feelings in that moment. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a really, really good scene. So, yeah, one of the things when he's doing when he's walking up to the podium and all the people are cheering in the stands like you're talking about. Yeah, it starts going white, white for the explosion. And that's when he starts seeing like these visions of, you know, people dying and stuff. Uh, I didn't expect you to pick that actually, but I agree. Like I, I think that uh, that scene's stunning, and they kind of spend like five to maybe ten minutes on that scene. I would say, just yeah. of like how he feels, and yeah, you can really see uh, how traumatized he is, like on his face and stuff. Like you can really see it immediately, like what uh, weigh on him. Um, 
yeah, I thought that scene was very powerful. That honestly, this movie's full of a lot of those kind of scenes where it shows the humanity and the characters, but I think the music really sets the tone as well. Yeah. Um uh it, it's kind of typical, but for me I I would say like my favorite scene is the bomb, the test bomb that was a, a like a real practical bomb that they made. Yeah. Um I can't believe they did that. <laughs> uh and the and the pure silence uh was flawless in my opinion unless you're one of the guys on the internet who posted their video of them farting at that scene and it going viral <laughs> um, <laughs> and everyone in the movie theater started laughing but um i i think that scene's like stunning and i love the way they captured it and, and just like being an audiophile like myself when the sound of the explosion finally hits them uh it's fucking intense it's really intense and it makes you yeah. feel that way um I'm also really glad that the movie just didn't. So I think there's two ways. The movie either goes the way it did. So it went for like an extra hour or they just test it and they end it right there because we already know what happens after that in terms of the world. Um, But I'm kind of glad we got like an hour long epilogue too. Um, But yeah, so that that was my favorite scene Uh, across the board though. I I know we already kind of talked about this, but just to say it on the podcast, like the actors just did an amazing job and the, the amount of actors too is fucking crazy. Like you were saying a lot. Uh, you know Josh Arnett, you know Joshua Peck, just just r- people you didn't think would be in the film. You know, and then yeah. uh, you know Gary Oldman as uh, Truman. Yeah, uh, it's pretty fucking insane, man. Uh, but w- what would you say uh, if there is anything? It's okay if there isn't. But is there anything that you would have changed about the film, or maybe like a scene you like the least? The the only thing I, I don't think there's nothing I, I could say that I like the least. I feel like from beginning to end it's just a consistent dialogue consistent. Like if you went to the bathroom for a five, for five minutes, you're, you're definitely missing fucking plot points. But so there's nothing I would change in that aspect. But the only thing I was thinking is if you're, if you're someone who's going in this without kind of knowing the history, knowing what this movie is typically about, I think you're going to get lost because if you're not kind of up to date with what this movie is about going through world war two, I know the only the only moments when it kind of touches on history is when it shows the newspaper. He would they would show the newspaper and you would see the headline of like what's going on. That was kind of yeah. the only moments in the movie when you would get an idea for what's happening in the rest of the world. Otherwise, all you're focusing on is these dudes trying to create an atomic bomb. So the only thing I would change is is if maybe they touched on on the history of the 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 events that are happening in the world at the time. It doesn't say anything about Pearl Harbor, but you know obviously it happened because they dropped the bomb. So Again, there's just nothing that it's not really, they're not, it's not really touching on what's happening in the rest of the world. It's kind of focused solely on what's happening, you know, what they're, what they're creating. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I, yeah, like you, we did talk about that. So yeah, if you are not into dialogue only movies, this is not a movie for you. And yeah, if, if you just step out for a while, you're definitely fucked. Cause you're going to come back and be like, what is going on here? Yeah. Um, it's definitely like a tough movie, right? I think a lot of people, but uh, if you're a history buff, like this is definitely a movie that you have to watch. And like, I love history. Not that I re- can remember everything, but I do love history a lot. So like this movie was uh, very satisfying for me. Uh, the other thing too um, uh, was the fact that, it's a R-rated history movie because of the sex scenes and the in the verbiage, yeah. a lot of cuss words. 
And uh, the budget was a hundred million, and after this weekend, they're going to be at six hundred fifty million globally. So it's really cool to see a movie on this scale, uh, you know, being a history movie, kind of being—I don't know how else to really say it—but kind of like a smart movie where, like, it's very dialogue and driven heavy. It's based off of real story accounts. Re- I'm sorry, real life accounts. Um, obviously, Hollywood. You know, there's going to be some of it that's probably glor- or um, dramatized. That's fine. Yeah. We, we understand that watching it, but to see a movie on this scale for what it is and what it represents, uh, do so good, uh, really makes me wonder like what we're going to do next or what, what could we see next? That's from history and really yeah. done to this scale. Uh, to me, that's kind of exciting. Um, it's also, it's also exciting to see like world war two, the end of the end of world war two from a different perspective from the people who are behind the bombs, you know, people who are behind the weapons and to see yeah. it from their point of view. So it really calls back to the scene. That's your favorite is to see the humanity on his face, realizing what he'd done and how there's really no going back now, which is what him and Einstein talk about at the very, very end. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, I, the movie was, the movie was great. My overall thing is the movie was great. I feel like if you're not a fan of real films, then this movie's not for you because the the score on the movie, the actors, the dialogue, you know, is this is a this is a real film, you know. It's it's like it's like an art piece. Like I said, you, yeah. if you walk away for five minutes, you're definitely missing something. If you don't have the attention span, you're out. Like I can I could totally tell. Maybe twenty thirty minutes in, my girlfriend was probably like, "Holy shit, I got to sit through two and a half <laughs> hours of this shit," because it starts off like strong. Like yeah, right does. away, yeah. like he it goes does. right into it. And then just that, just that, that noise he has throughout the whole like first couple minutes. And I was like, dude, is there going to be an explosion already? Like it's getting loud in here, <laughs> but I enjoyed it, man. I'm just like sitting there like, oh dude, this is great. This dude. I, and I honest, honestly feel that scoring a movie is, is just as important as the actors that you have in it. Like music and the score make a huge difference. It's not something that I don't think is easy. I don't think you can just throw on a track by little John and call it a day. No, man, like that shit takes talent to score a film. So I think the having Christopher Nolan direct this, you can, his style of, of, of movies obviously shows cause he's kind of bouncing back different parts of timeline from what's going on. The dialogue with, with uh, Robert Downey, Robert Downey Jr. Um, and then going, just literally going back and forth. I overall, man, the movie was, the movie was, the film was, pretty fucking amazing i had a I had a great time watching it i could just sense her just thinking herself like this is fucking crap i kept giving her my fucking gummy bears like here just eat these you'll, you'll be fine <laughs> uh <laughs> uh yeah i think uh score is absolutely crucial to films especially art films like this uh there's yeah. no doubt that's what it is and then i also kind of want to shout out the cinematographer hoyt van hoytima i'm definitely butchering that but he's from switzerland oh yeah um he also did specter from james bond okay fighter tinker taylor soldier spy and then interstellar dunkirk tenant and now oppenheimer so yeah this dude is on his shit he knows what the hell he's doing because i thought the cinematography was mind-blowing as well yeah you know even even something as simple of a shot not simple but as something as basic looking as a shot of when they're circling the bomb the test site you know just like just like gorgeous uh yeah i i would say like this film is definitely an art film in in terms of the way people look at blade runner for sure i i just think mm-hmm. it's like right up there 
which I still if there's if there's that. more if there's more historical pieces done this type of way, I think that's I think that's definitely a plus for future movies that can be made because you know when you have like a, a Michael Bay type movie doing like Pearl Harbor, not a bad movie. I enjoyed Pearl Harbor. I like this part of Pearl Harbor. It has some good actors, but again, it's Michael Bay. If, if you had someone like Christopher Nolan doing a Pearl Harbor type movie, you're, you're going to get more realism. You're going to get more, uh, you know, probably solid acting out of it. Just not the, all the loud bangs and explosions that you, that you normally get, you know, you're going to get some real serious <laughs> yeah. dramatics, you know, you're going to, you're going to get people that are probably tearing up. You're going to get people that watch this movie thinking like, damn, my, like my grandfather lived through this time or this person I know, my neighbor lived through this time. And you can imagine how, how much, how much drama was going on at that time in the world. You know, the world was at war and we're living life like right now it's, it's all fucking good, but people died a long time ago because of this shit. This one person is responsible. So I can't imagine how that one person feels like, man, I'm responsible for thousands of deaths. Yeah. When you think of like that 10 to 15 year period, you had Hitler and what he did, you had Pearl Harbor and then we had the Hiroshima bombs you know um was it nagasaki as well yeah uh, or okinawa anyways I think nagasaki. Uh, we have the bombs in japan you know um yeah i mean I, that's a lot dude nothing even close to that's happened in our lifetimes yet um hopefully not but you know the world is the way it is you know right now it's a little yeah. sketchy but uh i do agree with you like i'm really excited to uh for this film to come to digital and so i can watch it downstairs with my grandma um, cause I already told her, I think she would love it. She loves history. Obviously world war two is just an uh, endless, you know, bucket of, uh, interest to most of us in the world. And I know she's no doubt one of them. So I'm really excited to like kind of watch it with her. Um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, it does make you think of like the way the world was back then. Um, and then how about, uh, Robert Downey Jr. as a fucking villain, basically, you know, a piece of shit. Yeah. I honestly, I didn't expect that. That was a curveball. I didn't see that. that I didn't see that happening. I, I read enough on on Oppenheimer before watching the movie where you know I didn't I didn't spoil anything, so I genuinely did not see that happening. Um, that was pretty cool. I was I was I, I liked the fact that um, I can't remember the actor's name. The, the one that was kind of representing him kind of was going through the motions with Robert Downey Jr. and at the end was kind of like kind of like f you robert downey like you're just you're just trying to you know screw this guy over oh and han solo yes yeah yeah i like how how he transitioned from you know kind of working with him at the end he's just like dude no you're you're i don't know what the hell your what the hell your problem is um but i thought his character was really good i liked robert downey jr a lot sometimes it's hard to take to see robert downey jr and not think of iron man even though he's had (laughs) Tons of movies before any Marvel films. It's just hard to not see Iron Man in any role that he's doing. But yeah. um, I also was wondering, did they? I know he's, I know he's older, but did they, did they make him look even older for the film, or is that genuinely how he's looking right now? Uh, I mean, he's looking a little bit older now, especially since like the Marvel films. But um, no, I think they also like you know de-aged him a little bit or yeah. aged him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought he killed it. Um, I was actually just happy to see Han Solo get a job. I know. I, I when I saw him, I was like, "Why does this dude look familiar?" Hold on, I didn't see this actor on, on the list. 
And then I just thought about it. It just popped in my head while I was watching the fucking movie. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's Han Solo. Yeah. Is, uh, let's see. Fucking, Aldridge? Um, Is it Aldridge? Yeah, something Aldridge. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, just, I didn't think that movie was bad. You know, I, I, I didn't, didn't either. It bad. Uh, it's Alden I, Iron Rich or something like that but i know it's all I, 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 rich okay motherfucker got a job that's what it is yep and he got a job in a christopher nolan film so i was pretty damn happy for him um, i mean if you really think about it a lot of those actors like you said like josh peck like i I like him and i haven't seen him in too many other films this is a huge one on your resume like i don't know how much bigger it can get he's already worked he's done this the dude's worked with um chris hemsworth like there's you know you got some solid names like people that you worked with man you just it really sets you up so many actors in this movie and they all freaking did a good job yeah i was gonna say that's the thing is like every every actor it almost felt like just really stole the screen because uh, we even had the guy from sex drive sex drive the comedy he was like his first student at the college and i was like what yes. the fuck yeah <laughs> and you know he did he killed it too and i thought he did yeah. a really good job i thought i yeah i just thought everyone did a fascinating job emily blunt's Emily Blunt, an amazing job for sure. Florence Pugh's got enough money to get a tit job now. Hell yeah, yeah, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> get them um, done, girl. Yeah, hell yeah, brother. Um, but yeah, so that's that's Oppenheimer. Do you think Christopher Nolan might go down a path of doing history pieces, or do you think he might just go back to doing whatever that comes to his brain first? I think. Everything he's going to do is going to be, if he does a history piece, is going to be based off of this movie now. So I don't know if he's going to go doing a history piece. I, I would think he's going to switch it up and just, you know, go back to doing another type of, you know, thriller, you know, uh, espionage or some type of, you know, action movie potentially or, or, or dramatic movie. So I don't know. I, I think it would depend on the, on the history we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I am really curious to see what he does next. And uh, I still got to watch Dunkirk. I'm actually guilty as hell. I haven't seen Dunkirk yet. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's Oppenheimer. Um, let's just say one out of ten. What, what, what would you give the film? I would give it... Uh, I would probably go with a, just a straight nine. Just just based off the fact of like what I said. Like I just feel like I wish it had a little bit more of like the time period like what's going on so at least you can kind of keep up with what's happening instead of thinking like oh shit all right i i think this is they're getting close getting close to dropping the bomb um but that was it i mean other than that bro like it it was solid all the way around yeah nice yeah i i definitely can understand that perspective too of just like really incorporating the other things that happened in that time period um yeah i uh i give the movie like a 10 out of 10 i uh i kept smiling throughout the film Honestly, when it didn't end with a bomb, I was happy because that, like I said, the whole epilogue is um, almost like a movie on its own with like how, yeah, I mean, this probably happens every day to, you know, physicists, you know, people, you know, geniuses, yeah, how they get burnt by their own government. Yeah. So uh, it was pretty remarkable to see that whole side of it. So you see the before, uh, after, and then the after, after essentially. So it's pretty yeah. intense. Um, yeah. yeah, honestly, I smiled throughout the film. I uh, couldn't believe how much fun I had just watching it and just really enjoying myself. And uh, yeah, so if you haven't seen Oppenheimer, it's still in theaters. Go check it out. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for today. Joe, do you have anything else you want to add to this? Before we put a no, man. Just uh, 
appreciate you having me on again. Um, we got to definitely do some uh, some music episodes. Let me know when, man. Yeah, so definitely trying to bring those back. Um, yeah, maybe we, we can come up with something and just you and me will do it. Um, maybe starting off with like Chino Marino himself, maybe just doing like a Deftones dialogue because obviously we've been listening to that or, you know, I've been having it on fucking repeat Invisible Hand yeah. uh, from Crosses. Yeah. Uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, but yeah, we'll do a music episode. Um, like I said, I'm trying to bring them back so that I think that'd be a lot of fun. I could talk about music even more than this stuff. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So thank you so much. And, uh, that's going to be it for us. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.